everyone. Happy Wicked Wednesday and welcome to Shivers Haunted. I am Gina Grossbauer, your curator for all things spooky. As many of us know, knocking on wood and avoiding ladders all ties into believing in superstitions. But taking that a step further, how many of us believe in the likes of the Mothman, Wendigos, and other urban legends? Some people just mark these topics as crazed conspiracies, just as crazy as those traditional superstitions, but others like myself believe that humans and animals are not the only creatures to inhabit this earth. Getting into the background of superstitions, I want to point out a few origins. Many people have grown up knocking on wood in order not to jinx something that they said, not knowing really why they're doing it. This actually comes from the Celtic era, where certain pagans believed that goblins or gremlins hid in hollow tree trunks and listened to conversations of the townsfolk. If the gremlins heard some, someone wish for something, they would cast their spells or do something negative to prevent it from happening. If the townsfolk knocked on the trees, the gremlins would get scared and scurry away before being able to hear the news and ruin it. Another one to mention is the superstition of not walking underneath an open ladder. Many people aren't walking under ladders anyway, but the superstition comes from the townsfolk of New England in the 1700s. They believed that if they walked underneath an open ladder, then they were destined for the gallows. While there's no gremlins and trees anymore, or hangings really happening now, it's still interesting to see just how much these superstitions have stuck over the ages. There are many movies that use superstitions and lore as their main motivators and drivers for storytelling. Not all of these are true horror movies, but most times there will be a fearful spin put onto the storyline, enhancing the fear that we already have of the unknown creatures lurking deep within the woods. Many times these movies will be those that are shot from a first-person point of view, such as a handheld camera or phantom footage style, really adding to the feeling that we're a part of the search team looking for something like Bigfoot with our movie characters. There are also a number of video games created that enable us to face these creatures, or even play as them, helping us dive deep into the mystery surrounding folklore in a fun way. One of the most famous and noteworthy movies to mention, particularly from that first-person point of view, is The Blair Witch Project. This movie tells the tale of three film students who travel to a small town to collect documentary footage about the Blair Witch, a legendary local murderer. Over the course of several days, the students interview townspeople and gather clues to support this tale. But the project takes a turn when the students lose their way in the woods and begin hearing all of these strange noises. Because we don't ever see the witch in the movie, the entire experience is mysterious and makes you as a viewer feel like the woods themselves are the eyes of the witch. The thought of hiring basic no-names as the actors was purposeful and made the film that much more of a success because people thought that these random people were truly part of a found footage style movie, thinking that they actually died at the end and we truly did find their documentary. This movie was made with a budget of $60,000 and ended up making $250 million, continuing to make money today as it has become our true cult classic. Another movie to mention is a movie called Baba Yaga. This is a movie that really goes deep into the tale and folklore of Baba Yaga, which is based on Polish and Slavic folklore. The Baba Yaga is the original hag or woman called a witch, who lives alone in the woods and feeds on children who get lost in that in the woods. The Baba Yaga is said to transform into different animals, including a black cat, a crow, a raven, and a snake. 
the witch or the hag in grim tales is just a subtle version of baba yaga who is said to have achieved goddess status as the ruler of the underworld in slavic folklore baba yaga is burned alive just like the witch in hansel and gretel however no matter how many times she dies in these tales Baba Yaga reappears in countless others as that same wicked witch, or sometimes disguises herself as a benevolent wise woman, giving life-saving advice to heroines. Her death is transformational, just as it is in shamic initiatives, rising from the dead, being able to call themselves wise, shamans, healers, basically the human equivalent of a phoenix rising from the ashes. As you can tell, Baba Yaga Baba Yaga lore, kind of hard to say that after a while, Baba Yaga lore is deep and can be seen as really true, but also adheres to the superstition of black cats. If we see a black cat cross the road, we're told to avoid it. This is because black cats are thought to embody the souls of witches, who will leave a spell on the road for passersby to trip over. This is also why in today's society, black cats are the least adopted cats from the rescues. Some people just don't want to bring witches home. Kind of bleeding into a kid's movie stemming from Baba Yaga and Blair Witch, we think about The Wizard of Oz. The Wicked Witch in The Wizard of Oz originated from 1939's idea of what a wicked witch would be. The Wicked Witch of the West represents a crone, one of the oldest villains in folklore. She is also the product of cultural anxiety, saying that aging is terrifying and everyone should be afraid of it. But the crone is terrifying to society because she doesn't care what she looks like or how appealing she is, only making her wicked because she doesn't follow the societal norms and standards. Next time you go ahead and watch The Wizard of Oz, take a look at how much she's actually wicked or how much she's actually just kind of bullied for being herself. The true movie to talk about, though, that really has roots in horror is a movie called The Possession. This film is disguised as a possession film, hence the title, but is actually based on a true story of an antique box that houses a malicious ancient spirit called a dibuk, an evil spirit from Jewish folklore. This film's true story inspiration comes from the dibuk boxes accidentally being purchased on eBay by unsuspecting buyers. These boxes, once opened, have been said to haunt the opener in extremely, extremely malicious and unexplainable ways. There are Hebrew etchings all over the box, and it's believed to contain a dibuk, which is the malevolent misplaced spirit. It's said that a soul that has been unable to fulfill its function during its lifetime is given another opportunity to do so in dibuk form. This film capsizes on the extreme effects caused in one particular case in real life of a dibuk box opening, saying that the only way for a demonic spirit to take hold of someone else is to either sell or pass the box to an unsuspecting third party, which is why there were some people who were selling them on eBay. These boxes have been around for hundreds of years, but the first recorded experience with it is what inspired this film, an unsuspecting purchaser buying it from a yard sale, not knowing that the box was assembled in Germany during the Holocaust, containing supposedly a Holocaust spirit. The film resembles the same encounter, with the main protagonist, Emily, purchasing this cool box from a local yard sale. Very minimal, but strange things begin happening happening to Emily in the house and in the box and everything that surrounds this box. And everything escalates from there with strange and violent happenings. The film takes a more creative twist, 
with the true stories of the Dubuk box by slowly over time making Emily possessed by the demon in the box, the demon having the Hebrew name that translates to taker of children. It still shows the audience that curiosity can truly kill the cat, and it's up to us to use our own sound judgment towards things that do not and should not belong to us. Moving on to video games, many video games, particularly horror video games, encapsulate the urban legends heard around the world and environments where you get to be a part of the story or figure out the mystery of them just like in real life. Until Dawn is one of those games. Until Dawn is one of my all-time favorite games, feeling like both a movie and a game all in one. It's a choose-your-own-adventure game, allowing you to make a story different every single time that you play and have different characters survive or die based on your decisions and quick reactions. This game in particular focuses on a group of college-age kids going to a mountain cabin for a vacation, only to find out that there's Wendigo lurking in the caves and woods surrounding the cabin. We get to learn a lot about the Wendigo legend throughout this game and experience it through the eyes of a traditional millennial rather than simply hearing it through something like the History Channel. It's a great way to experience and learn about the legend in a modern way while also feeling like you're a part of it. In addition to this game, Supermassive Games has also created the Dark Picture Anthology, which is a consolidation of choose-your-own-adventure games, each focusing on different real or fake myths and legends. If you're into this style of choosing your own adventure game or interested in being part of a movie in a sense, check out all of the Supermassive Games. I promise you will not be disappointed. Wrapping up today's talk, let's talk about a game called Dead by Daylight, another one of my all-time favorites. Many of you have heard and played this game, but it's truly every horror fan's dream. A true simulation of what it takes to survive in a horror movie or be the slasher in that same film. There are a multitude of survivors and killers to choose from, with expansion packs available for consumers to play as horror movie icons such as Michael Myers and Laurie Strode, Freddy Krueger, Amanda and Detective Tap from Saw, Leatherface, Ghostface, and many more. Outside of the pop culture referenced killers, many of the killers in this game stem from ancient folklore characters, including the Hag, the Wraith, the Plague Maiden, and Oni, which is the Japanese folklore character. Each character has their own backstory and includes incredible detail on their past and how they have found themselves in this forest, which is the setting in the home screen of the game. Each character was either lured to this forest or wandered away from their regular setting and have found themselves trapped in this arena-styled match where they're tested to either eliminate all the players, killers, or escape the forest once and for all, the survivors. This game not only tests players on their will to survive, but also on teamwork skills, with four survivors playing per round. Their ability to work under pressure, attention to detail, and overall your hide-and-seek skills. Playing this game from either perspective gives players the opportunity to work on these skills in a uniquely pressurized environment that provides more detail and history than what initially meets the eye. It's also a great way to read about and understand the motives behind some of these killers, and receive some information on urban legend characters as well, and what they all might have been lured to the forest by. This wraps up our conversation today about urban legends and some films and games within the genre. As always, thanks for listening, and enjoy your Wicked Wednesday.